Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 257. As we look at our passages today from Job, Psalm 102, and Revelation 19, we'll see a mixture of description of God as both uh, one who is the Lamb, who shows mercy and who listens to those in need, and also the King, uh, one who comes with power to judge and to restore. And this combination we see throughout these passages in a way that is meant to bring us to see how small we are and how big God is. And so we see the Lamb and the King today. And so we begin today in chapter 32 of Job and introduced to a new character, Elihu, who we will hear from what he says is upset with the other friends and with Job about what they're saying about God. And he seems to be wanting to come to God's defense. So let's see what Elihu has to say about God and about Job and his friends. Chapter 32. So these three men refused to answer Job further, because he was righteous in his own eyes. Then Elihu, son of Barakal the Buzzite, of the family of Ram, became very angry. He was angry with Job for justifying himself rather than God. With Job's three friends, he was also angry because they could not find an answer, and so declared Job guilty. Now Elihu had waited before speaking to Job because the others were older than he was. But when Elihu saw that the three men had no further reply, he became very angry. So Elihu, son of Barakal the Buzzite, spoke up, saying, I am young, but you are elderly. That is why I was fearful and afraid to explain to you what I know. I said to myself, Age should speak, and at length of years should make wisdom known. But it is a spirit in people, the breath of the Almighty, that makes them understand. It is not the aged who are wise, nor old men who understand what is right. Therefore, I say, listen to me. I, even I, will explain what I know. Look, I waited for you to speak. I listened closely to your wise thoughts while you were searching for your words. Now I was paying you close attention, yet there was no one proving Job wrong. Not one of you was answering his statements. So do not say we have found wisdom. God will refute him, not a man. Job has not directed his words to me, and so I will not reply to him with your arguments. They are uh, dismayed and cannot answer any more. They have nothing left to say, and I have waited because they do not speak, because they stand there and answer no more. I too will answer my part. I too will explain what I know, for I am full of words, and the spirit within me constrains me. Inside I am like wine that has no outlet, like new wineskins ready to burst. I will speak so that they, I may fang, find relief. I will open my lips so I may find may give an answer. I will not show partiality to any person, nor will I confer a title on anyone, for I do not know how to give honorary titles. If I did, my Creator would quickly do away with me. But now, O Job, listen to my words and hear everything I have to say. See now, I have opened my mouth, my tongue in my mouth has spoken. My words come from the uprightness of my heart, and my lips will utter knowledge sincerely. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Reply reply to me if you can. Set your arguments in order before me and take your stand. Look, I am just like you in relation to God. I too have been molded from clay. 
Therefore no fear of me should terrify you, nor should my pressure be heavy on you. Indeed, you have said in my hearing, I heard the sound of the words, I am pure, without transgression, I am clean and have no iniquity. Yet God finds occasions with me, he regards me as his enemy, he puts my feet in shackles, he watches closely all my paths. Now in this, you are not right. I answer you, for God is greater than a human being. Why do you contend against him, that he does not answer all a person's words? For God speaks the first time in one way, the second time in another, though a person does not perceive it. In a dream, a night vision, when deep sleep falls on people, as they sleep in their beds, then he gives a revelation to people and terrifies them with warnings, to turn a person from his sin and to cover a person's pride. He spares a person's life from corruption, his very life from crossing over the river. Or a person is chastened by pain on his bed and with the continual strife of his bones, so that his life loathes food and his soul rejects appetizing fare. His flesh wastes away from sight and his bones, which were not seen, are easily visible. He draws near to the place of corruption and his life to the messengers of death. If there is an angel beside him, one mediator out of a thousand to tell a person what constitutes his uprightness, and if God is gracious to him and says, Spare him from going down to the place of corruption, I have found a ransom for him, then his flesh is restored like the youth's. He returns to the days of his youthful vigor. He entreats God and God delights in him. He sees God's face with rejoicing, and God restores to him his righteousness. That person sings to others, saying, I have sinned and falsified what is right but I was not punished according to what I deserved. He redeemed my life from going down to the place of corruption, and my life sees the light. Indeed, God does all these things, twice, three times in his dealings with a person, to turn back his life from the place of corruption, that he may be enlightened with the light of life. Pay attention, Job, listen to me, be silent, and I will speak. If you have words, reply to me, speak, for I want to justify you. If not, you listen to me. Be silent, and I will teach you wisdom. Elihu answered, and basically he's continuing on, Listen to my words, you wise men. Hear me, you learned men. For the ear assesses words as the mouth tastes food. Let us evaluate for ourselves what is right. Let us come to know among ourselves what is good. For Job says, I am innocent, but God turns away my right. Concerning my right, should I lie? My wound is incurable, although I am without transgression. Who is there like Job, who drinks derision like water? He goes about in company with evildoers. He goes along with wicked men. For he says, It does not profit a man when he makes his delight with God. Therefore listen to me, you men of understanding. Far be it from God to do wickedness, from the Almighty to do evil. For he repays a person for his work, and according to the conduct of a person, he causes the consequences to find him. Indeed, in truth, God does not act wickedly, and the Almighty does not pervert justice. Who entrusted to him the earth, and who put him over the whole world? If God were to set his heart on it and gather in his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together, and all human beings would return to dust. If you have understanding, listen to this. Hear what I have to say. Do you really think that one who hates justice can govern? Will you declare, and will you declare guilty the supremely righteous one? Who says to a king, worthless man, and to nobles, wicked men? Who shows no partiality to princes, and does not take note of rich more than the poor, because all of them are the work of his hands? In a moment they die. In the middle of the night, people are shaken, and they pass away. 
the mighty are removed effortlessly. For his eyes are on the ways of an individual. He observes all a person's steps. There is no darkness and no deep darkness where evildoers can hide themselves. For he does not still consider a person that he should come before God in judgment. He shatters the great without inquiry and set up others in their place. Therefore he knows their deeds, he overthrows them in the night, and they are crushed. He strikes them for their wickedness in a place where people can see because they have turned away from following him and have not understood any of his ways so that they cause the cry of the poor to come before him so that he hears the cry of the needy. But if God is quiet, who can condemn him? If he hides his face, then who can see him? Yet he is over the individual and the nation alike so that the godless man should not rule and not lay snares for the people. Has anyone said to God, I have endured chastisement, but I will not act wrongly any more. Teach me what I cannot see. If I have done evil, I will do so no more. Is it your opinion that God should recompense it because you reject this? But you must choose and not I. So tell us what you know. Men of understanding say to me, any wise man listening to me says that Job speaks without knowledge and his words are without understanding. Job will be tested to the end because his answers are like those of wicked men, for he adds transgression to his sin. In our midst he claps his hands and multiplies his words against God. Elihu is basically making the argument here that he's not saying he knows why this is exactly happening or some specific thing that Job must have done, but he is saying that God can have ways that we don't understand for what he does, and that we shouldn't question God about that as if somehow we know better as if somehow we're smarter or wiser than God is, that God can have his reasons even though we can't figure it out. And that's something to keep in mind as we think about God being the king. And yet we also see this God as a king who is described as a lamb in Revelation 19. But before we get there, we're going to read from Psalm 102, which is a cry out from a person in the midst of the difficulties and saying, God, where are you? Will you answer the pain and the sorrowful question of the oppressed person? And that's what Psalm 102 is, in one sense, a lament, crying out to God to show him mercy and to show mercy to those like him. Psalm 102. The prayer of an oppressed man as he grows faint and pours out his lament before the Lord. O Lord, hear my prayer. Pay attention to my cry for help. Do not ignore me in the time, my time of trouble. Listen to me. When I call out to you, quickly answer me. For my days go up in smoke and my bones are charred as in a fireplace. My heart is parched and withered like grass, for I am unable to eat food. Because of the anxiety that makes me groan, my bones protrude from my skin. I am like an owl in the wilderness. I am like a screech owl among the ruins. I stay awake. I am like a solitary bird on a roof. All day long my enemies taunt me. Those who mock me use my name in their curses. For I eat ashes as if they were bread and mix my drink with my tears because of your anger and raging fury. Indeed, you pick me up and throw me away. My days are coming to an end, and I am withered like grass. But you, O Lord, rule forever, and your reputation endures. You will rise up and have compassion on Zion, for it is time to have mercy on her, for the appointed time has come. Indeed, your servants take delight in her stones and feel compassion for the dust of her ruins. The nations will respect the reputation of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth will respect his splendor. When the Lord rebuilds Zion and reveals his splendor, 
when he responds to the prayer of the destitute and does not reject their request. The account of this intervention will be recorded for future generations. People yet to be born will praise the Lord, for he will look down from his sanctuary above. From heaven the Lord will look toward earth in order to hear the painful cries of the prisoners and to set free those condemned to die, so that they may proclaim the name of the Lord in Zion and praise him in Jerusalem. When the nations gather together and the kingdoms pay tribute to the Lord, he has taken away from my strength in the middle of my life. He has cut short my days. I say, O my God, please do not take me away in the middle of the night of my life. You endure through all generations. In earlier times, you established the earth. The skies are your handiwork. They They will perish, but you will endure. They will wear out like a garment, like clothes. You will remove them and they will disappear. But you remain. Your years do not come to an end. The children of your servants will settle down here and their descendants will live securely in your presence. What a beautiful psalm that mixes a cry out to God, uh, a trust in God, and really that only makes sense when you understand God is both a judge and a king and powerful, but also a God who is a lamb, who is gracious and merciful, a God who can restore those who are brokenhearted. And we see this combination again in Revelation chapter 19, which says this, After these things I heard what sounded like a loud voice of a vast throng in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God because his judgments are true and just. For he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her sexual immorality and and has avenged the blood of his servants poured out by her own hands. Then a second time the crowd shouted, Hallelujah! The smoke rises from her forever and ever. The twenty-four elders and the four living creatures threw themselves to the ground and worshipped God, who was seated on the throne, saying, Amen! Hallelujah! Then a voice came from the throne, saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, and all you who fear him, both the small and the great. When I heard what sounded like the voice of a vast throng, like the roar of many waters and like loud crashes of thunder, they were shouting, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the all-powerful reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give Him the glory, because the wedding celebration of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. She was permitted to be dressed in bright, clean, fine linen, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. Then the angel said to me, Write the following, Blessed are those who are invited to the banquet at the wedding celebration of the Lamb. He also said to me, These are the true words of God. So I threw myself down at his feet to worship him, but he said, Do not do this. I am only a fellow servant with you and your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony about Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony about Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Then I saw heaven opened, and here came a white horse. The one riding it was called Faithful and True, and with justice he judges and goes to war. His eyes are like a fiery flame, and there are many diadem crowns on his head. He has a name written that no one knows except himself. He is dressed in clothing, dripped in blood, and he is called the Word of God. The armies that are in heaven, dressed in white, clean, fine linen, were following him on white horses. From his mouth extends a sharp sword so that he, with it he can strike the nations. 
He will rule them with an iron rod, and he stomps the winepress of the furious wrath of God, the All-Powerful. He has a name written on his clothing and on his thigh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw one angel standing in the sun, and he shouted in a loud voice to all the birds flying in the sky, saying, Come, gather around for the great banquet of God, to eat your fill of the flesh of kings, the flesh of generals, the flesh of powerful people, the flesh of horses and of those who ride them, and the flesh of all people, both free and slave, and small and great. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies assembled to do battle with the one who rode the horse and with his army. Now the beast was seized, and along with him the false prophet who had performed the signs on his behalf, signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. Both of them were thrown alive into the lake of fire burning with sulfur. The others were killed by the sword that extended from the mouth of the one who rode the horse. And all the birds gorged themselves with their flesh. What a scene. There's this great rejoicing in heaven at the sight of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and the celebration, the wedding supper of the Lamb, this incredible feast for those who belong to Jesus, who is that Lamb. And then this incredibly powerful scene of Jesus being the King of kings and Lord of lords on a horse with a sword coming of his mouth, basically bringing God's wrath to bear, his judgment upon all those who have rejected him and who have turned their backs on him. And Jesus comes with great judgment and power and brings his judgment upon them. We have this combination of Jesus, the Lamb, and the King, the gracious and merciful one, and also the one who brings great judgment and God's wrath upon those who reject him. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You're-